What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to The Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews. Presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and The Crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews. Presented by IV Creative, it's a perspectives on the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and today I'm flying solo, but shout out again to the crew again. We will have them back in the house once again very soon. Want to continue to give shout outs to all the listeners out there stateside and worldwide for continuing to show love to the show. The numbers continue to go out of this world. Thank you all for supporting the show, for spreading the word and for interacting with us on social media. We got a lot of great things coming up later on this year, and we hope you all stay tuned with us throughout that. As always, make sure you're checking out vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com, the official website for the show. There you can go there, search all of our episodes, leave a review, leave a voice note. Also, you can get to a couple of things. One, you'll get to our Facebook community, the Vault Podcast Record Club. You click there, it brings you to the Facebook group, answer some questions, and you're in. And then also, you can support us by going to our Buy Me a Coffee. In the bottom left-hand corner, you'll see the coffee cup highlighted in yellow. Click on there, make a small monetary contribution to make sure that we can continue keeping the vault open for many years to come. And last but not least, the Podcast GPS is a DIY course for all those out there wishing to start a podcast. It's a six-week course live where I take you through the steps and how to build, maintain, and have a successful and thriving podcast. So make sure y'all are going there as well and visiting all those links on vaultclassicpod.com. As we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or NBTC. And today we're going to go back to 1992. And in doing the research for this year, I wanted to make sure that I didn't leave as many things out on the table. I wanted to make sure that I covered as many things as possible when it came to the music that came out during these periods of 92, 97 and 02. 92 was an explosive year, musically, entertainment-wise. There's so many different things to cover, so many projects that came out. It truly was a transition time, not only in hip-hop, but also in R&B. And this album that we're going to cover today, uh, as doing my search on the Twitterverse, I noticed that the anniversary for this album came up. And uh, in complete transparency, when I made my schedule for this year, this album was not on my list of albums to cover. And in seeing the reaction to it, then also listening to the album again, I also realized that, you know, hey, I got to make an adjustment to the schedule here, had to call an audible, and we made sure that we got this album on the list. So here it is. So as I stated, we're going to go back 30 years ago to March 24th, 1992, and the second studio album by none other than En Vogue, Funky Divas, released on Atlantic Records with their division East-West Recorded between May 1991 and January 1992 at Fantasy Studios in Berkeley, California. Of course, you know, En Vogue, famously from Oakland, California, like so many other soul groups historically, and especially in the 90s, like their contemporaries, Tony, Tony, Tone. Runtime of 52 minutes and 18 seconds. 
Producers on this, Unvogue's founders and producers and writers who also produced their debut album, Born to Sing, two years before, Thomas McElroy and Denzel Foster. The singles from Funky Divas, five of them. First one was the first single, the most popular one, My Lovin', You're Never Gonna Get It, released March 17, 1992, about a week before the album came out. Giving Him Something He Can Feel, the Sparkle remake, released June 11, 1992, Free Your Mind, released September 24, 1992. Give It Up, Turn It Loose, released November 19, 1992. And then Love, Don't Love You, which was released in January of 1993. So Funky Divas from En Vogue. And <laughs> En Vogue, of course, the R&B quartet made up originally of Don Robinson, Terry Ellis, Cindy Heron, and Maxine Jones. And this is the quartet that took part in their first two albums, their most famous albums and most successful albums, Born to Sing, and this one, Funky Divas. En Vogue, when they burst onto the scene in 1990, I want to say that <laughs> with their first single that they came out with, which was Hold On, um, was something that burst onto the scene, reached on number one on the R&B charts, and then made it up all the way to number two on the Hot 100. To make it all the way up to number two was an accomplishment. The thing that I think which kind of struck everybody with En Vogue in particular is because to me, I think they were versatile as a group. And at this time, during the late 80s into the early 90s, and especially going into the latter part of the 90s from mid 90s into late 90s, we were seeing a lot of R&B groups start to emerge. During this time when you saw En Vogue release, you also saw a group that we covered a couple of weeks ago with their review of their debut album, TLC. During 1992, you would see groups such as SWV, groups like Jade. Later on, you would see groups like Escape sort of come to the fold. You started seeing a number of different styles of all those groups, and every one of those groups had a selling proposition, no matter what. And a great thing about R&B back then is that all of those groups gave you something unique. There really wasn't a, a cookie-cutter formula that each group followed because you had to bring something original. There had to be, as I said, a selling proposition that turned you onto a group and made you want to buy into them. So the thing with En Vogue, I think that their biggest selling proposition was their versatility. One, I'll go ahead and get it out there off the break. To me, I think vocally, during that period, that En Vogue probably sang as good, if not better, than most of their contemporaries. And yes, I'm including all those names that I just named right there. Vocally, they just had just a little bit something extra that those others that I just named didn't have. Their harmonies were just, oh, the harmonies were just great. I mean, when you listen to En Vogue saying, you can hear it, like in the background, like the lead singer, who most of the time, usually that was Don Robinson. But you could hear the other three girls working back there. And the way that their voices sounded together, it was heaven. It really was heaven. But their versatility to me kind of spoke to the type of music that they made. And shout out to their producers, Thomas and Denzel, for that. They could sing songs that, you know, would have a hip hop feel, songs that would have a new Jack Swing feel. Then they could go into their throwback mode and really sort of go back to those soul days when you used to see groups like The Emotions and the Supremes and you would hear like the way that they used to harmonize and those songs would be so soulful that would stir deep down into your soul. And 
That's to me what I think what En Vogue's selling proposition was, is that they were versatile. They could do something for the 90s, then also touch people who loved music back in the 70s and the 60s because their voices were so versatile as well. When they dropped onto the scene with Born to Sing, the debut album was a smash. Hold On was a huge, huge hit. And I think a lot of people wanted to see what it was that they could do after that. And in many cases, we know that when you have a group that drops such a big album such as that, it's very hard to follow that up with something that can come close to it and in less cases even exceed it. And I would say they definitely did that on this project, which is saying something because Born to Sing was an incredible project. But looking at Funky Divas, those singles that we just mentioned, the first single, My Lovin', You're Never Gonna Get It, which was a huge, huge hit back then. As a matter of fact, that song also reached number two on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and number one on the R&B charts, number four on the U.K. single chart. The video they made for that actually won two MTV Video Music Awards. And get this, the sample that they used for My Loving You're Never Gonna Get It is a different part of the payback, which was also (laughs) the same song that they sampled for Hold On. (laughs) so they literally used the same song for two samples that made two hits off of it well number one the way that i think james brown made a little bit of dough off of that (laughs) you take one song and make two hits out of it i mean it's crazy absolutely crazy listening to this album and even back then like i could kind of tell being young i could tell that there was something different about them than a lot of the other groups that i heard Their songs were always on the radio, like just remembering back then, always hearing like never going to get it on the radio. And it would be everywhere I would listen to WPGC 93.9, even 96.3 back then, which really wasn't playing contemporary music. But because it in vogue and because they were a throwback, they felt compelled to play it because it was such a big hit. And listening to the rest of this album after reading a lot of the reviews as uh, articles came out for his 30th anniversary and also being on Twitter and going back and listening to the songs, the things, one, that I'm really struck by is uh, the vocals aside because the singing on here and the arrangements are here are crazy. But the production on here by Denzel Foster and Thomas McElroy, who produced all the songs on this and wrote a majority of the songs, the songs that were not written by Curtis Mayfield and John Lennon and Paul McCartney, which are the covers that En Vogue did for a number of these different songs, which we will get to in just a second. The depth of the production on here in particular, where you have, like I said, elements, of course, of soul. You had elements of contemporary R&B. You had New Jack Swing. But then even a song like A Free Your Mind was something that you could even say is borderline, I would say, almost, I guess, crossover to a certain extent, because that definitely had a rock feeling to it. And then, you know, the guitar and it was a very expressive song. I mean, I would even say that it was almost avant-garde in a certain respect for Unbogue, It was the song that you, I don't think that they would have taken that chance to sing that on an album, like born to sing when they were just coming out, but it was a bold move. And I think it paid off to go a little bit more into the highlights. So my highlights on funky divas, and obviously I want to touch on the singles because Those are definitely highlights without a shadow of a doubt. Hearing, of course, you know, never going to get it, free your mind, giving him something that he can feel. Now, that song, giving him something he can feel, of course, you know, comes from this film Sparkle and was popularized by Aretha Franklin and was redone by En Vogue, which the video for this is crazy as well with them on the stage and those dresses. (laughs) 
<laughs> and those dresses. And but then also hearing songs like Hooked on Your Love, which was also another Curtis Mayfield penned track from Sparkle, which they also redid. But then you get into even songs like Love Don't Love You and songs like Desire. The versatility in Vogue is really what gets you because you see that they can sort of sing up tempo tracks, then they can sing slower tracks. You really hear like what their vocal capabilities are and know what separates them from them and any of their contemporaries. Also hearing songs like Hip Hop Lover, which included a rap verse from a Wayne Jackson, who I don't know who that is, but you know, it was a nice little change of pace on the album. In particular, that time, it really was a, sort of a sign of what was happening into R&B, that there were a lot more R&B songs that were having hip-hop contributions on them, whether it was through scratching or whether the beat sounded more hip-hop, or if you had an actual rap verse from a rapper themselves. That was sort of the, the trend that we were moving into from the early 90s into the mid-90s as R&B and hip-hop started to co-mingle with each other a whole lot more. Then also another cover on here yesterday, which is a song popularized and made popular by The Beatles, which has been covered by a number of different people. And Vogue was the first cover that I really remember hearing of this, other than the original itself. Another group that covered yesterday was also Boys to Men on their album too, which this was the last song on that album. This is the first time that I heard a cover of that Beatles track written by John Lennon and Paul McCartney by En Vogue. And a lot of people sort of point to that as their introduction to that track as well. Overall, I want to say that there are highlights here throughout this. I really don't have a low light on this album as far as what something that I think probably could have been left off or something that I skip. Now, this is an enjoyable listen for 13 tracks and really the last track is just a very short outro, a thanks or prayer a very enjoyable listen for just under an hour and uh, something that I think you don't get bored with. Sometimes when we dealt with R&B albums back then, they get sort of drone on and on and on and you would get bored at times. And sometimes having a lot was just a little bit too much to take. This is a very compact project. The selections here, um, I'm not sure exactly whether they went through a process of recording a number of different songs for this project and then decided to settle on these tracks in particular because this is to me I think very well done and very well sequenced having the remakes on here which what I think adds to the popularity of the album having a sound that sort of harkens back to another generation on those three remakes that I that I gave you that's what is the versatility of En Vogue this is what I think got folks from my generation my older sisters and brothers generation our parents generation that endeared us to En Vogue is because they could sing any style out there. It wasn't just one type of way or singing on one type of song. They can give you many different things. In a lot of ways, En Vogue was a throwback. They were a throwback to a time where you took time with the music and you developed those voices around the record where you took time to be able to build those harmonies out so that when the record came out, it was something beautiful. Their selling proposition is that they were born to sing with no pun intended to their first album title. They were born to sing. And vocally, as I said, they could sing better than I think most of their contemporaries, if not all of them. And when you have a girl group that can really sing and you have good production behind it, that was the winning formula in the 90s. If you could do it and, you know, if you also, like En Vogue, were also beautiful and talented, that helped as well. It definitely helped. They sold three and a half million copies certified triple platinum in the U.S. 
We mentioned all of the different chart performances in regards to number two on the Billboard 100. We're never going to get it. In addition to that, they were nominated for a Grammy, also won American Music Award for Favorite Soul and R&B Albums, and also won the award for the Entertainer of the Year at the 93 Soul Train Music Awards. And this really began, I would say, about a two-year period for En Vogue, where they sort of stayed on and helped to dominate right after this. They also jumped on Salt and Pepper's What a Man, which came out in 1993 and leaked into 1994. So En Vogue was really on fire from this portion of 1992, heading pretty much for the rest of this year into 1993 because of their collaborations with Salt and Pepper, which that was a huge hit as well, which we're going to get into that album as well next year on the Vault Classic Music Reviews. Now, as for En Vogue themselves, they went through a number of different changes with their lineup. Uh, As we all know, the group now, what was a quartet, is now just a trio. And that trio consists now just of Terry Ellis, Rona Bennett, and Cindy Heron. Through the years, the other two members, Maxine Jones and Don Robinson, have both left. Don Robinson, in particular, most famously left the group right before their third album came out, EV3, in 1997. And she went through some discoveries, Started wanted to start a solo career, sung with Lucy Pearl, Then the group sort of got back together. They reunited again in 2000, then broke up again, reunited again in 2009. They sung at the Essence Music Festival, but they've never stayed together. So at certain points in times, there was the addition of Rona Bennett, who was there for a little while. She left and then came back, left and then came back again. Maxine Jones was there from the beginning all the way up until the new millennium, then came back a few years later and then left again. Don Robinson obviously left in 1997, came back in 2005, came back in 2008, and then she left again. (laughs) And then Amanda Cole, who was the other former member of En Vogue, was there between 2001 and 2003, and then hasn't been back since. So the members you have now are Cindy Heron, Terry Ellis, and Rona Bennett. And throughout the beginning of En Vogue, the only two members who have been there since the beginning have been Terry and Cindy. And that's it. And, you know, a lot of different things that have happened. I know that there have been a lot of, uh, you know, articles written about the infighting and problems with contracts. And we know this caused big problems for a lot of acts during the 90s in regards to their contractual problems. So En Vogue would be together. They would break up. But I still, for my money, stay. This album, Funky Divas and En Vogue as a group, definitely stood out amongst the best in that decade. And... For my money, like I said, vocally, they're about as good as it gets, if not better than the rest. So Funky Divas, y'all, from En Vogue, just wanted to give a quick word on that. Make sure that we covered it. Make sure y'all go and checking that out. As a matter of fact, they have also released a 30th anniversary deluxe edition, which a lot of people are doing nowadays with these big anniversaries for their albums, where they have also created some other singles, some remixes, and have also released all their videos as singles for this album. They have re-released, again, in Ultra HD and 4K, now that the 30th anniversary of Funky Divas has passed and is upon us. So make sure y'all check that out. Check out Funky Divas. Check out the deluxe edition for the 30th anniversary. Make sure y'all also checking out those new videos as well. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure that you check us out on our host on Red Circle. You can also visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. Go there, check out the episodes, leave a review, leave a voice note, visit our Buy Me a Coffee, leave a monetary donation, and of course, check out the podcast GPS Bootcamp course starting soon. It's a DIY course to get your podcast started, maintained, and successful for years to come.
You can also find us on social media on at Vault Classic Pod on Instagram, at Vault Classic on Twitter, and search the Vault Classic Music Reviews podcast on Facebook, on YouTube. Like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, interact with us on social media. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support, and if you have a friend, tell a friend, and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big. Because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate. Because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.